2: Welcome one and all to Storybox, the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning, growth, and you want to improve your life. My name is Jay Phantom, and I've made it my purpose to unbox and share the amazing stories from people of every profession all over the world. I am truly grateful that you have decided to listen in today. Now let's journey into the Storybox together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Oh guys, is this promised to be a interesting in-depth and a lovely episode. <laughs> to say so the least. Uh, welcome back everyone to the Storybox podcast. I'm Jay Phantom. If you don't already know, I am the host of this ever-growing podcast and I am thrilled to to be doing this on a regular basis, I should say. But my next guest for you guys today is none other than Whitney Miller. Now, for those of you who don't know who Whitney Miller is, she's a love, sex, and relationship coach. Now, if those uh, three things don't spark your interest already, then I guarantee you what I'm about to say next might actually spark your interest. But Whitney Miller is the former Miss United States and sports anchor. She She found her true calling helping individuals, couples, uh, about sex, love, and just relationships, she, so she became a coach. Her experiential journey to self-mastery started only just over five years ago now with her well-publicized open relationship with her fiance, the founder of Onnit, Aubrey Marcus, who also has a very popular podcast, The Aubrey Marcus Show. I'm a fan, by the way, just thought I'd throw that in there. Whitney has since joined forces with some of the leading scientists and researchers in the field and now hosts a and talks and does workshops around the world. She believes that regardless of your relationship construct, monogamous or open, there are always ways to create more love, have better sex and healthier, have healthier, happier relationships as a whole. Did I tell you this was going to be a very interesting and in-depth conversation? Just by me saying those those three things, um, trust me, this goes deep. I was fascinated by open relationships, how it works, how you're going to have trust in a relationship that's open, uh, polyamorous relationships at, at that. How you can have, how you don't get jealous when you you know your partner's off with somebody else, and uh, it's very it's a very interesting and, and tricky dynamic to work through. But with Whitney's experience, she dives into it. For us, and she gives her her take on on a lot of things, which is very very fascinating. So I know you guys are gonna enjoy just hearing about Whitney talk about open relationships, what she went through, what love is, what trust does in a uh, in a, a polyamorous relationship, where she's at currently. So what actually happened w- with her open relationship? Did it last or did it end? You'll find out. Uh, but there is so much amazing insights in this episode that for interest sake i know you guys are going to love and i ask some, i i get some personal i i share some personal things uh, myself in this episode but for the most part this is whitney talking and sharing uh, her journey and it's quite incredible so with that being said my friends You know what time it is. It's time to please share it around. (laughs) I tricked you there. You thought I was trying to dive in the story box. But no, it is time to please share it around to your friends and your family. Let them know about this episode. Um, And please, if you can, watch the full YouTube video. Links are in the show notes. But just type up the story box. You should be able to find it. Uh, Also, please, over on Apple Podcasts, subscribe there. Subscribe everywhere. That would be very helpful. And leave a five-star rating and review while you're at it if you do feel like this show is worth five stars. Greatly appreciated. So now it is the time (laughs) to dive into the story box and really get deep, serious, and meaningful with the one and only Whitney Miller and hearing more about her incredible story.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love that we get to connect from two
2: opposite sides of the world. <laughs> Same here. I've, I've um, loved your stuff for quite some time now. So it's a real honor for me to actually be connecting with you and, and hearing more about your story. Uh, before we do all that, though, I have a question that I love asking all my guests at the very, very start, which is what does success look like to you?
1: Success to me is living life at its fullest potential. So what is your fullest expression of who you are? That is success. I don't define it by necessarily what I'm doing or how much money I make or who I'm surrounded by, really. Um, All of those things can be really great and awesome. And I want them to be things that I truly enjoy doing. And I think it involves being fully expressed as the authentic, awesome, full spectrum of a human being that you can be.
2: Mm. When was the moment for you that you realized that this was success for you? Has it been like this gradual thing over time that you've sort of realized it? Or was there a catalyst moment for you?
1: I think it's been gradual over time, for sure. I mean, I've definitely done you know, a lot of personal development and, and work that's brought a lot of this out in me. Um, but I would say it's been gradual. And then particularly within the past four, maybe three, four years, it's like, oh, this feels really good. This is what success is to me. And as long as I'm a- acting from that place, I feel as though I'm living a quote unquote successful life.
2: Mm, I love that. Going back a bit to how you got started, you mentioned there you've done a lot of personal development and things like that. Did you always see yourself being a love, sex, and relationship coach growing up, or what did you want to be?
1: No, I mean, I wanted to be everything when I was growing up. I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a bull rider. I wanted to race NASCAR, race NASCARs. And like, I just wanted to do it all. But I've always been interested for a long time in how human beings relate to one another, particularly when it comes to love, sex, and relationships, because it's the one area of our life where we can get so much love and joy and happiness, and within the same day or hour, everything can flip be flipped on its head. And we experienced so much grief and heartbreak and sadness. And so to me, it's that's just really interesting um, to dive into those topics and understand the human psyche and what are the ways that we can, you know, have the best relationships we could possibly have. Um, so it was always like in the back of my mind. But um when I started working as a sports anchor uh, for kickboxing, for Glory Kickboxing, I was their in-ring commentator, which was amazing. I had the best job ever. Like there was not a better job to me, at least that existed on the planet. I traveled the world with two of my like best friends at the time talking about my favorite sport, fighting and just partying basically. Um, and then I had this epiphany where I was, um, interviewing the world champion at Madison square garden live on ESPN. And I heard this voice or whatever you want to call it say, you know, why are you telling his story when you have a story to tell? And I knew at that moment that that chapter had closed for that um, particular career. And then I needed to dive into what I was really passionate about, which was love, sex and relationships and being able to help people and connect really intimately with people in that way.
2: Was it hard when you first started? Because I mean, like talking about love, sex, relationships, it seems to be like this stigma around it. Like no one really wants to talk about it. So did you find that was quite difficult for you starting
1: out? Nobody wants to talk about it publicly. Nobody wants to talk about their deepest, darkest desires or fantasies or what they really want publicly, but Mm. it's on your mind. It's on my mind and it's on everyone's mind every single moment of the day. How can we get more sex? How can we get better sex? How how can we stop having sex with this person? How can we have this relationship? Like this is, it really drives a lot of our actions. And so no, it wasn't hard to to talk about it, you know, because people are really craving that support and that guidance. And I had been, while I was working for Glory Kickboxing, I had been, you know, I was in a public open relationship with Aubrey Marcus and we were very open about what our process was and the ups and downs of that. So simultaneously, I was helping people, people just be a DM through my own experience in open relationships. What do you do with jealousy? What, what, how do you have these types of conversations? How do you bring up that topic? Like, how can you even be in an open relationship? Mm -hmm. Um, So I was already like flexing that muscle a little bit. And then, so when I really dove into it, it was pretty natural for me. And I was just like, you know what? I'm here to, to help support you in the best way that I know how from my own experience and since that and that was three over three years ago um that I opened my online coaching business specifically for that and since then I've done you know certifications and read a lot of books and I also host a podcast called true sex and wild love where we talk to the top scientists and and experts within the field so I have like a little bit of the book smarts through that but a lot of my coaching comes from putting myself in the fire and being like oh shit I have to how how did I personally work through that? And then what are the ways that I can help people not make the same mistakes that I did?
2: Mm. So speaking about an open relationship, which is polyamory. Now, how in the world does trust actually work or does it work in a polyamorous relationship?
1: Trust is of the utmost importance. I don't think you can have a polyamorous relationship or an unconventional relationship of sorts without trust. Um, just like you would in a monogamous relationship or any relationship or friendship, if you can't trust somebody, how are you going to be able to be intimately involved with them, whether that's sexually or not? Um, so yeah, it's it's absolutely important, and really it comes from communication. You have to communicate almost everything that's coming up, everything that you would normally communicate probably in a monogamous relationship or a monogamous container. So the trust comes from knowing that your partner is willing to do the work, willing to have those uncomfortable conversations and show up for you and the in the betterment of the relationship as a whole. Now that doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's all rainbows and butterflies all the time. Polyamory is hard as hell. Mm -hmm. Um, but it can be really beautiful when two people show up in that place of like, okay, I know that this is going to bring up all of, all of my insecurities and my traumas and any past, any shadows that I haven't looked at, but I'm ready for it. And if you want to do this with me, then let's
0: go.
2: Mm, I have so many questions just <laughs> with it, with open relationships and all that sort of stuff. Do you still recommend it for people?
0: Today? I do. Yeah.
1: I, I am, you know, I'm no longer with Aubrey and I'm not in an open relationship right now. And I'm actually interested in, in moving into a monogamous container at some point. Um, but I do absolutely believe that polyamory and unconventional relationships really do work and really can work. Um, it's about understanding that it, it is challenging. It's going to be hard. But I really think that whoever's in the relationship, they get to decide whatever relationship that they want, as long as they're both choosing it 100%. However that relationship plays out to full commune, polyamory, you know, you have multiple partners and kids and everyone's helping raising each other that way to, you know, staunch monogamy. And, and then every single you know, gray area and infinite possibility in between the two polarities is I'm in full supportive and will always be in full supportive. I just want people to be happy in whatever relationship they decide.
2: How does, for those people that don't actually know, how does polyamory actually work?
1: Well, I mean, see, that's a tricky question. There isn't one way that it works right? So I can't give you a prescriptive way of this is how polyamory works. And this is what it looks like because polyamory can be played out in a million different ways, just like monogamy can be played out in a million different ways. A couple can say that they're monogamous yet they, they've they had a threesome before. So does that mean they're actually monogamous or not? Yeah. Um, so it's really personalized to the people who are in the relationship. Um, usually what polyamory is, is you have multiple partners, more than one love. Um, and so you are constantly talking about what's coming up. A lot of people have schedules when you can see someone um, with, or other nights where you're with your primary partner. Sometimes you have a primary partner who's, you know, right there with you. And then you have your other secondary relationships. Um, or sometimes you don't. Sometimes there's absolutely no. Hierarchy. Everyone is on the same level, gets the same amount of time and, and space and energy as well. So, really, you get to paint the picture of what it looks like. Um, but it's a ride. It's a big journey. Um, and it, it, the thing that I always say about it, the number one thing that was the coolest part for me was the fact that it taught me so much about myself. It taught me why I get jealous, where my jealousies come from. Um, why I cheated in the past. It really brought that up to the surface. And it just shows you how you act, like why you do the things that you do. Because you have to, there's no other way. You have to overanalyze basically everything.
2: Mm. Uh, Just looking from, I haven't been in a polyamorous relationship. I've only been in a monogamous, monogamous one. And I don't, I think for me personally, like looking at, I don't want to share my woman with some other dude. like I've just looked at it like that for all my life. I think it's inner jealousy inner I don't know what it is, but like it it hurts to see someone like that you absolutely love go and and be flirtatious or even um, show someone else attention more than you um, and even more so, I can imagine if they went the extra mile and and had sex with them and there's that bond, there's that connection that's, that's tied into it. Um, and one, one thing I'll get to this in a moment, but one thing that I'm curious about is whose idea was it to go into the, the polyamorous relationship with, was it you or Aubrey's?
1: It was definitely Aubrey's. Um, we had read <clears throat> books and what the first book that we read about it was sex at dawn by Dr. Chris Ryan We had a friend who was someone in the community. And so um, we talked about it on an intellectual hypothetical level, which is actually something that I recommend for couples if they're interested in trying out a polyamorous or open relationship. Just talk about it on, on an intellectual level before without the pressure of doing anything. So it's like, huh, I wonder how that would be. How do you think that would go? How would you think that would make you feel? Let's listen to this podcast together and see what comes up and see what questions we have. Let's read this book and do the same. So that's what we did. We were reading and we were talking about it. Um, And then he said, I'm interested in being in an open relationship. And I said, well, I'm not doing it. I'm out. Like, Nope. So we actually broke up and I went and traveled for, it was supposed to be one month and it turned into three months. I went backpacking for three months. And during that time, I met someone who I was interested in. And that was the first time that I actually had the full experience of being interested in someone and wanting to enjoy that connection all the while being in love with Aubrey. And it was like, oh, wow, maybe this whole idea of love isn't in scarcity for me, that if I'm attracted to him, then it means it takes my love away from Aubrey isn't real. So when I came back, I said, you know what, I'm interested in trying. I don't have an answer if I'm going to like it or if I'm going to hate it or if it's going to work or not work if I'm going to do it for what, what ended up being six years or if I'm going to do it for six minutes and hate it, right? And so when I came back, we just said, all right, let's see. Let's go on this adventure and see what happens
2: far (laughs) out this is is crazy um
1: that's an appropriate response
2: (laughs) (laughs) this is like this is all i've heard about it i've done research about it i personally wouldn't do it i i don't yeah i just wouldn't do it like i don't know why it's just crazy (laughs) to think
1: It flips everything that we've been taught about love and relationships on its head, um, which I really needed. I needed that to break me out of some really deep old patterns that to where as I move into the next chapter of my life, I'm not going to repeat. I'm in a much, much, much better place for going through the open relationship experience and adventure than I was prior to it. Um, and like more power to you. Like I, if you, I love that you're clear about, Nope, I'm not interested in doing that. Great. Awesome. I totally mm. support that.
2: Mm. What did you <laughs> notice or learn about love that compared to when you are growing up and what you were taught growing up about love compared to when you actually went into the, the open relationship, what did you notice the differences? Were there, were there any differences or were they more the same?
1: There were definitely differences. You know, in society, we're taught to believe that you don't want, you're not supposed to desire anybody else, period. And if you do, the relationship is broken. However, the cheating, the infidelity rates, um, the stats on that are astronomically high. And we know that most people probably aren't even reporting how much they actually cheat. So I would imagine that the numbers are higher than that. So knowing that it's really normal to to desire somebody else and knowing that, oh, those feelings are going to come up and that's going to be completely okay. It's what I do with that. Mm -hmm. And I love, there's this Dr. Dr. Tammy Nelson who talks on um, uh, consensual non-monogamy. And she has a book called The New Monogamy, which I really love. But she always says monogamy is like a yoga practice. You have to wake up and you have to choose it every single day. It doesn't come easy for a lot of people. Now, there are people who are just like, it's super easy. It's not a big deal. But for most people at some point, monogamy becomes very challenging. And I think for me, it, w- it was great to understand that because I was always the one cheating. I would wake up and feel like, oh, well now I want something else. So, and, but I still love him, but I can't do both. So I'm going to go cheat and then lie about it. And so it was, it was this like gross cycle that I found myself in. Um, and through through the open relationship, I really understood why i was cheating one i thought i was broken because i still had desires for other people which i learned is normal but i also had i was seeking validation and acceptance from men in that way because of childhood trauma and because of things that i was going through that was playing out in my relationships so it was necessary for that to come up to the to the surface for me to look at so i don't keep doing that over again and i know for a fact i would never cheat again period. Because I know what comes up, how it feels. And I also know how to have that, that conversation with my partner if and when that comes up in the future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think also communication, like really being, being honest and open with your partner, regardless of your relationship construct, is for the betterment of the relationship. If you don't, resentment builds. And I always say that resentment is the monster that eats love. Rem- yeah. Resentment builds. You don't want to have sex anymore. You're starting to fight. And then all of a sudden your roommates or you break up. So there's so many like different little lessons that came up for me through my experience that was so beneficial. Another one that was really interesting was as I was growing up, I was always really competitive with women. I would, I didn't have a lot of girlfriends. I was just super competitive and women were taught to be that way. You know, we can be feisty with other girls for sure. (laughs) And I was that, and the open relationship forced me and forced these women to be in my life with the man that I was in love with. Mm. So the only way that I knew how to survive through the open relationship was to sit down and have those uncomfortable conversations with the women and, and see them as a part, like as an ally instead of as competition. Cause if I continue to see them as competition it only created more suffering for myself. So once I was able to remove a lot of those competitive um, thoughts and, and uh, natural tendencies that I had. Now I'm surrounded by amazing women who I love dearly. And I don't know if I would have had, you know, the tribe of people that I have around me if I didn't go through that.
2: Mm. You raise a very interesting uh, concept there about, I guess, looking at or having feelings for somebody else. Is that more or less like just? I guess we have that primal instinct of, Oh, you, you look attractive. So therefore I'm sexually attracted to you or was it a different sort of attraction? Like, Oh, I wonder how it would be if I was actually with you and got to know you on a deeper level connected with you on uh, on, I guess a, uh, a mental sort of level. Was it sort of that uh, attraction?
1: When I was Attracted to somebody else during my trip or in what capacity?
2: So, when you were in an open relationship or even when before that, like when you were attracted to somebody else, did you, were you more attracted sexually to them or was it more a deeper attraction than just sex?
1: It was, it was all of the above. It was, I was interested in showing them um, that I could get them. I was interested in, in getting the validation and the love that I didn't feel like I got a lot of the times in my life. Um, I was looking for someone to save me. There was so much that was wrapped into just the fact of, oh my God, here's another person that I can just be with. Right. Mm. Um, I, I called myself a love junkie. Like looking back, Mm. I felt, I saw myself as like, you just wanted, you just wanted love and you were going to do whatever you could do to get it, realizing that that's, never going to work. Like I'm just, I'm pouring water into a bottle that has no, the bottoms cut out of it. Right. So it's never going to be full. So that's why all of this is constantly coming up to the surface. I, I, I like to liken polyamory or unconventional relationships to ceremony. You are in ceremony every single day. And it just depends on how long you can, you know, handle that. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's a wild ride.
2: I I can't begin to tell you how much I actually relate to that response. <laughs> like even for me and, and my relationships and, and I look at the reasons why they ended when they did. I I was like even before like I saw it as almost like this competition between other guys. Like if they were interested in her, then I would be like, Nah, you're not you're not going to win. I'm going to win. And then yeah. when when I got her, I was almost like, Okay. I love you and I know why I love you, but what's going on here? Why do I feel this way? And oh, it was, and then that also affected my, my trust levels. It also affected so many other areas like the intimacy, the connection, because I was mm-hmm. constantly thinking, well, what if you went with somebody else? And as at that competition mode, like I had to constantly fight to give more, even though I didn't even have more to give if that makes sense
1: yeah it makes complete sense it's it's like chase mode and mm-hmm. like if you are if you're in chase mode you're not free and if you're running away you're not free it's somewhere in the middle to where freedom exists and you can be present and and really like be stable within your relationship but if you're comp- competing and you're like chasing and running and like i can do this once you win then it's like oh i crossed the finish line now what you know, and then you're, you're looking for something else to give you that spark. Um, or if you're running away from it, like I'm scared of intimacy, don't come too close, whatever, you know, trying to like dodge the, the L word constantly. That's not, that's not freedom either. So you can't, when you're living in basically fight or flight, you can't fully be open and intimate within your relationship anyway so if you can if you can grab hold of those patterns like you were saying which is amazing and incredibly self-aware you can start to create more of that freedom to where your relationships feel nurturing and loving and last usually last longer
2: hmm. now i i'm fully aware of it i know exactly what i want or what i need more or less in my next relationship and what i'm going to or what I need to work on, I think, myself on a daily basis. So I don't get back to that chase mindset. And I'm constantly trying to focus on her and her needs and being in of service to her. Um, I haven't found her yet, <laughs> but I know, I know she's out there. Um, and I know that it just takes time, it's patience as well, and not settling for second best. And I think a lot of people actually do sick settle for second best because they're lonely. They're, they're wanting or they find, they see that little bit of attraction and they think, hang on a minute, because this is what happened to me. Hang on a minute. I think that might be the one for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so then they, they, even though they might not be, they think they are, they convince themselves that they are, then they settle. And then once they settle, oh man, <laughs> it's dangerous.
1: Very mm-hmm. dangerous. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's great advice. And I think it's, and she is definitely out there, you know, and the more that you get clear on what you want, the more that you act from your authentic place and do the practices that feel really good for you. It's, it will only attract her closer and closer. That makes you so magnetic.
2: hundred percent. And I think um, like the, how I found this, like I went on a journey both spiritual, mental and physical journey more recently to discover why I was feeling this way in the first place. And it was like childhood trauma, the same thing. It was like, there was abuse there. And I had to look at, I was walking around in this, this days for such a long time that I knew it was there. I just hadn't dealt with it properly. So when I un- unbandaged the wound and actually was like, okay, I need to really start healing this. And here's yeah. what I need to do. That was, like a very painful journey, but I'm glad that I went on it because now I'm in such a better place. And like for those people that are listening that don't really know or they haven't, they're too afraid to go on that journey is the best thing you can ever do. Trust me.
1: (laughs) Yes. I could not agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. I went through a very similar um, process and it's, it's hard, but it takes courage and when you can come out on the other side, it, as you know, it just feels like, oh, wow, I'm myself. I feel whole. There's nothing that's like pulling me back from my past. And I'm not a puppet of what had happened to me in the, in the past. I now can break those strings and walk forward as a full human being. It's awesome. Mm.
2: Yeah, totally, totally agree with you on that one. Uh, Whitney, I'm curious about how the open relationship really ended um, was it a a mutual decision? Was it a a a good breakup? Is there such a thing? <laughs> a good breakup?
1: <laughs> there are. There. Are, I mean, yes, you can have great breakups. I mean, it doesn't mean that there isn't pain and there isn't challenge in it, but you can have beautiful. transitions of relationships to where you just understand, oh, okay, this is where we are. We don't have to grind through this um, to try to stay together just because society says we need to stay together. Um, Now, there is a place for that from really going deep and working through that, but if it's time to end the relationship, then yes, you can absolutely have a conscious amicable um, breakup. I have a how to break up better on my website, which is wittenlove.com. And, and it's for free. So it's all the things that I used during my breakup. And it was, it was, it was hard. You know, it was when we decided to split, it was hard. We were together for eight years. Um, so that was all my entire twenties. <laughs> so it was, it was a very long, beautiful relationship, but we both knew it was kind of at the end. I think I was probably in the relationship a little bit too long. He was pr- probably in the relationship a little bit too long, but it was hard for us to really untangle that. Um the thing that put the nail on the coffin really was last May and he got married, he got he got engaged and got married within like a two week period, which was really crazy to me at the time. I can see the beautiful lessons in it now and we're in a good spot now with it. Um but, but Now I can look back and be really grateful for that because it allowed me to fully walk away and allowed him to find a relationship that he was that he feels as though that he can thrive in now.
2: Mm. What was your initial reaction to finding out that he had gotten engaged?
1: Uh, it was shocking, it was very shocking because we were, you know, I did a podcast on this, so it's not nothing new for the people who follow me, but it was. We officially, we split like a year before that. We were still re- very much so together throughout the year, traveling together, talking about getting back together, even talking about being in potentially a monogamous relationship. I don't know. Um, and then we, he decided, you know, we were in this place of where we're not really in alignment. And I didn't argue with him. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're probably right. Within a week he's engaged. And then within two weeks or something like that, he's married. So it it was shocking. It was like a, wait well, what, what do you mean? What's going on here? Um, so yeah, there were days where I couldn't leave my apartment because I I was just crushed. Like I was completely heartbroken. And then there were days where I was like, Oh my God, this is the life that I've always wanted. I've been wanting this freedom to fully be who I am and not make my decisions based on him or what's going on in his life or really any relationship in my life. So it's a roller coaster, right? If anyone's been through a breakup, it's like some days are like, yeah, I got this. And other days it's like, Oh God, what is going to happen to me? I'm never going to love again. You know? So it was, it was all over the place and everything in between. Um, but I can honestly say from like with every ounce of my being that I've never been happier and more free and more and to bring it full circle, feel more successful than this moment right now, then Mm. even in the past six months, like four months, I would say it's just been perfection, like really what I've needed.
2: Mm. Did you attack the Ben and Jerry's ice cream?
1: (laughs) Hell yeah, I attacked the Ben and Jerry's ice cream, more so like pizza, and I drink a lot of wine and (laughs) pasta. I'm not a big sweets girl. So any like breads and pastas and pizzas, I was all over.
2: Oh yes, because that's what I I went. It 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 does, and then the next day you wake up and you're like, oh crap.
1: (laughs) I learned that. I learned that. It's like okay, it can make you feel good that night before, and you're like numbing yourself, and then you wake up the next day and you're like, oh yeah, this just made it worse. Never mind. I'm gonna drink green juice. Go to yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Like
2: the wound gets opened again uh, the next morning. It's it's a crazy cycle. I think. Um, I'm curious, Whitney, about when you break up in a relationship, what are some strategies that you teach people in breaking up better?
1: So it is, it is coming out with you know being really honest with where you're at. This isn't about pointing fingers or trying to you know dredge up the past by any means. It's like where am I? Where is my internal environment at right now? And coming from that place in a very loving and compassionate way. Mm-hmm. Um, Knowing that it's going to be, it can be hard. Um, knowing that emotions are going to arise. Knowing that through the breakup, you get to decide what this breakup looks like. So if you need space and you need time to cut off communication, that's completely okay. I would suggest explicitly stating that to the other person, so they know where you're at, and you guys can can um, respect each other's boundaries within that. So, Hey, you know, for my own healing right now, the best thing for me is that we don't communicate for the next two weeks or month or three months. Um, And when that comes up, maybe we can chat then, or maybe we can go to lunch, but whatever's going to be the best for your healing can be really awesome. And then talking about that. Um, The other thing that I recommend is, is really kind of, we touched on this too, is taking care of yourself, you know, like. It is true that if you are going to drink alcohol and eat shitty food the night before, you're not going to feel very good the next day, which means you're going to be more emotional and you're not going to be thinking the most positive thoughts. So just know that that is a part of, of the process. And if you can take care of yourself as much as you possibly can be around friends who aren't bonding over the pain of he's an asshole or she's a bitch or whatever, more so just there to support and listen. Um, drink your greens juice, go to yoga, do meditations, do things that you haven't necessarily done before. Like this is the time. A breakup can be an opportunity for the biggest spiritual awakening possible because it's it's bringing everything up to the surface and it can bring you enlightenment and joy and understanding of who you are through the pain of that. So you can actually use it to benefit everything you know, moving forward in your life, Mm. um, reach out to your support system. If you are going through a breakup and you feel as though that you need a third party there to help you guys have that conversation. I love mediated conversations just to have someone to either hold witness. Um, they don't necessarily need to be coaching or giving advice, but having someone there to hold space and witness the conversation can help both people come from a place of, of, love right Mm -hmm. instead of losing their minds which can happen sometimes but usually if you have a third party there it helps keep things a little bit more um stable um check out my you know ebook i have 15 guidelines on there which i'm kind of going through now but you know breakups suck but there are definitely ways to smooth it smooth it out a little bit Mm -hmm. and the other one thing that was really big for me was boundaries like setting boundaries don't feel like you have to call your ex back Don't feel like you have to text him back immediately. If you need to block him or her on social media, that's okay too. Um, Also know that if it works through being able to communicate, you guys can still talk. It's like, how can you and the other person build, just like you would build your optimal relationship, how would you build your optimal breakup?
2: Mm. That's all great advice because real quickly, I think it was, yeah, 2019, I went through the like the roughest year I've ever been through. The start of the year, uh, I went through a breakup. So the breakup actually happened through social media. That's how it started. So we went on this, I guess you could say, two-week sabbatical or more or less like one-week break where she could go away, think about what she really wanted. I mean, there were signs along the way, but I chose to ignore them, uh, as you do. <laughs> and um So I let it, let it be, but I tried to get it back. Like I try to win it back all the time. And then what ended up happening was I was, it was a Saturday afternoon. I checked my social media, I'm at work, check my social media. And I noticed all the pictures, the status, everything had just gone. And I was like, ouch, like there was no call. There was no text. There was nothing. There was no explanation. And then I got really angry. I got so frustrated. I went white. I went pale white, like. And then I had um, I had buyers because I was in real estate. I had buyers that saw my my paleness, and they're like, "You okay, mate?" And I'm like, "I'm trying to be. <laughs> like I'm I'm trying to hold it all together." But it was like my stomach had gone to my my mouth, and my mouth was chewing on 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 everything. My heart as well, the whole bit. And um, she ended up blocking me on, on social media afterwards. The, the breakup wasn't the best, I could say. I punched a hole in the wall in the office because I got super mad. Um, but I just want to be real with, with people at the moment and say, I went through this. Like, and what helped get me through was everything you're just saying. Like, it was, we needed to set the boundaries, but I didn't want to set the boundaries until I finally accepted, hey, I need to do this. It was... I guess, accepting the blocking on social media, not the temptation. Um, but even after that, like Whitney, I tried to get it back. I tried for months. But then it was at that moment of realization where it's like, no, I I just need to move on. I need to move forward. And I started taking care of myself more, started reading more. You know, I didn't really stop exercising. I thought that was like my good outlet. <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah. I think everything you just said was, was perfect. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to acknowledge that story because that I can imagine how challenging that would be. I would fucking probably lose my mind. Sorry if you can't say the F word, but um, I would lose my mind. It would, it, it would be so challenging. And that's the other thing to realize as you go through breakups, it's totally normal to have to get angry. And if you are like, allow the emotions to come up. I always say, you know, people will start crying and they'll just keep keep talking over their crying because they're trying to like hide it and push it away. It's like, no, allow that to come up because that is healing. That is you in the healing process. And the more that you push that down, the more you're just putting the brakes on your own healing. So allow it to come up, know that it's not going to be that way forever. It's only temporary and particularly only temporary. If you really bring it up and allow it to give space to, to release.
2: Mm. And I also want to say that I understand now why she did it before I didn't like before Mm -hmm. I was just seeing the pain that I was experiencing. But they say like hindsight is always bliss. So like, I looked at it from a very different point of view of okay well why did she decide to break up could have been like there's obviously reasons behind it it's not like oh, I just want to end it that that's it but then now I realize that I wasn't the right man at all so like there's those but you've got to you got to actually like I was saying do the work in whether or not it's in the moment or later on and then you might be able to might be able to see <laughs> for yourself. But um anyway, two final questions for you, Whitney. I know we're probably going over time if if it's a, that's okay. Um, what is the the worst piece of advice you've ever received from someone?
1: Oh man, the worst piece of advice I've ever received from someone. I probably blocked it out knowing me. <laughs> 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 Um, I don't know. You know, my parents always told me growing up that Whitney just does what she wants to do. Um, and they try to do, they try to tell me things and I'm like, yeah, well, I want to figure it out for myself. So maybe it's that like, do as I say, (laughs) (laughs) I'm the type of person that has to taste and experience it and understand it. So I can fully integrate it into my being and act from there. And like, Mm -hmm. I like to viscerally feel things. Um, so yeah, maybe that's what I just do as I say, because I've done it before. I'm like, mm-hmm, no, thanks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're a free spirit, Whitney, which is completely fine. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's certainly part of me for sure.
0: <laughs> Some uh, people
1: be like, wow, just just calm down. Which is, <laughs> now I'm thinking about it too is, you know, I, I grew up in a place to where me having a very traditional life and a very traditional job was of priority. So get a very good job and take care of yourself. And usually that was, you know, the nine to five or something like that, which I certainly don't have now. And I'm sure as hell glad that I didn't do that. I would be in a completely different place than I am now today. So maybe, maybe it would be, you know, follow society's rules. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I can relate to that. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, my, my final question for you, Whitney, this is my all-time favorite question. So I just want you to imagine with me for a moment, it's a hypothetical one, that you've been able to reach the age of 100 and your friends have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. It's, it could be a highlight film. It could be everything. Of every, uh, so they've shown it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life?
1: I want it to show the free spirit within myself who laughed incredibly hard and who went through and did all of the things that she was completely terrified of. And how that turns out, it doesn't really matter, but as long as I'm constantly... You know, pushing myself. And I've always felt like I was here through different plant medicine ceremonies and things. I do believe that my purpose is to inspire. And so I hope that on my 100th birthday, there's a 100 plus uh, ways that I inspired the people that I love and the people that I don't even know.
2: That's amazing. I think it's a perfect way to wrap up our conversation. Whitney Miller, thank you so much for your journey, your story, your light, your energy, your inspiration, and for coming on the Storybox podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. I really appreciate you being so open and and also having me on your show.
2: I don't like this part because it means, sadly, we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it will go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, And don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time.